I believe. And it's just sort of the principles of our faith, the principles of our belief system. You see, because we have to have something that binds us together. We are all here for a reason. And part of that reason is, is our beliefs, our faith, the thing that ties us together. It's our common, common goal and common thing that we have that we can commune about, we can talk about, we can pray with each other about. And so we're going to dig into what is, what is it that we believe. And just to give you just a quick overview that when we talk about beliefs, we are part of what's called the Evangelical Free Church of America. And I'm not going to get into denominations. I'm not going to get into all this. So just so you'll know, we're part of a group called the Evangelical Free Church of America. And our whole purpose is to preach the word. Our whole basis of our belief system in the Evangelical Free Church is the Word. You see, it's an association of autonomous churches united around these theological convictions. And all of them are based on the Bible. Last week, we talked about Article 1, which was God. Article 1 of our belief says we believe in God, creator of all things, holy, infinite, perfect, and eternally existing. In a loving unity of three equally divine persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, having limitless knowledge and sovereign power, God has graciously purposed from eternity to redeem a people for himself and to make all things new for his glory. And Pastor Jeff went into that and he talked about God and the beginning and how all of this started. So we started in Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, see, it all starts with God, who was already there in the beginning. So we have a beginning, but that beginning actually has a God who started it, who was there before. It's almost like we need a prequel to that story. But God hasn't given us that. He just says, I was there and I created all of this. And as our songs say, praise God from whom all blessings flow. All things. Because he was there in the beginning and he created everything. All things come from God. So this week we're going to go further into that study. And we're going to, the question sort of is this, how do we know? We've talked about God, but how do we know? We try to answer that question. And the, the answer to that really starts is, is it's found in the Bible. So the one thing I want to tell you, if, if you have your Bible with you, please hold on to it. If you don't, there's one in front of you. Grab it, because we're going to use it during, the, during this. 
If you're at home watching, go get your Bible. Because that's what this whole message is all about. Because the answer is found here. But the unique thing about it, not only is the answer found here, this is the answer. So to figure all of this out, we have to do the same thing that we did last week. Is we have to go back to the beginning. And I love how last week we started, it says, in the beginning. Well, this week, we start again in the beginning. We're going to read two separate passages. The first is John 1, verses 1 through 2. And the second passages are 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. Why don't you stand? They're short, short passages and just honor God's word as we read it. John 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And let's go over to 2 Timothy. All scripture is breathed out by God. And profitable for teaching and reproof. For correction and for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for the Bible that we're going to study today. Father God, help us just grab on to this as our guidebook. And to understand the importance of this book. Because it's not just a book. It's a letter from you to us that you wrote us. Just thank you for this time that we have together. Just open our hearts in your name. Amen. You may be seated. So in the beginning, and I love what it talks about in the beginning, it always talks about what happened before the beginning. That scripture we just read, in the beginning, it talks about what was there before the beginning. So John takes us there. And what John is writing here is that when the beginning began, the word was already there. The word was already there. No, it wasn't printed. It wasn't bound. It wasn't in a leather bind with your name attached on the front of it. But the word was there with God. And it was God. The idea is the word existed before creation or time. And that's a quote from David Guzik. And I quote several things from him this week. He is a pastor and a Bible commentator. Um, and that's one of the things he said, that the, world, the word existed before creation. Another quote from someone else is, had the word a beginning? John says, no, for if we reach back to any beginning, there already was in existence the word. At once it is evident to John's vision, the word is none other than God, the self-existent. And that's Robert Trent, an Anglican archbishop and a poet. So in a sense, the Bible was, in a sense, written before the beginning and existed when creation began. John 1 verse 14 says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. There's a clue in there about the word. The word is Jesus. 
and it's the truth. Jesus' truth and the word, they all fall together. So how do we understand all of this? I, I struggle with it. How do we figure all of this out? And so to understand it, figure out how do we know there's some truths that we have to understand. First is, is what is the Bible? Now, what I'm going to tell you is, is what the word of God proclaims. This is not what theologians say. This is not what people who are experts in the Bible say. This is not what I say. The word of God says it is the word of God itself. These are his words to us. And the unique thing about this is you think, well, okay, so so someone sat down and wrote this book. Well, we know that didn't happen that way. This book from page one in Genesis to the last page of Revelations is unified. There's no corrections. There's no things that don't make sense. There's nothing that is confusing because of something else that was said. Yeah, there's some confusing things in here, but that's just because we try to figure it out and it's hard to understand. But there's nothing in there that contradicts itself. And to me, that is amazing because there's 66 books, but they're not written by one person. There's 66 books and at least 40 authors. And they didn't sit in the same room because it was written over 1,600 years. So some of these authors didn't even know the other authors. They weren't even around to call and go, hey, give me some insight on that. They were gone. The authors lived on three continents, and it was written in three different languages. See, the only way that this came about in the way that it did is that it was written by supernatural operation. Steve Lawson, the pastor, says, he says, if it's not supernatural, it would be as if an explosion happened at a print factory. And the outcome of that blast was that you found the Oxford English Dictionary, and when you opened it up, every single word in that book was perfect. It's the only way for this to happen if it wasn't God working this all together. See, it's God's word. And what we read today in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is is breathed out by God. God's breath is important. And there's several instances in the Bible where it talks about God's breath. The first one is in Genesis, in creation. God created the heavens. He created the earth. He created the plants. He created the animals. He created the waters. Created every living creature that walked upon the earth. And as he created them, he just brought them to life and sent them off. Except when he got to us formed us with his own hands. When he got done forming us, he breathed on us. We're the only creation that he breathed. And so as humans, our first breath as humans was God's breath. We're breathing God's breath. And in our student message this morning, we talked about how when the Holy Spirit came, 
that Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit into the disciples. And so when we get to the word, God says, I breathe them. The words that I breathe. We hear, what, the term that we usually hear is script, that scripture is inspired. The inspired word of God. And then the other translation that we're reading today is, is that it's the God breathes the words that they wrote. David Guzik says what Paul says here is that God breathed his holy word. You've got to be careful here. God breathed his holy word out of them. Because in, when you talk about inspiration, you're talking about that the person is inspired and what comes out of them is the work that they create from that inspiration. That is not how God's word was created. God breathed the word out of them. They were just the vehicle that put the word down. So when we see the word breathed out by God, and we want to dig back in and say, what does that actually mean? Because some translations say inspired and others say breathed by God. So we have to go back to the Greek. Do you want to hear some Greek? Y'all are so much better than the last service. And I've, me and Pastor Jeff have been working on this Greek word all week long. And we found the perfect word. So the Greek word for breathed out by God, it's one word. It's just one word. It's not multiple words in the Greek. It's one word. And it's theanoustos. Theanoustos. And it just means it's the contents of the scriptures. But what creates that word? The formation of two words. One is theo which is God. And the, breath, the other is noustos, which is the breath or spirit. So it is the breath of God is the scripture. And usually when we talk about the Greek word, we go, and in 13 other cases in the Bible, it's used this way, or in 42 other cases, it's used that way. This is the only time in the Bible that that word is used that way. The inspiration, the breath of God is not into the authors who wrote it, but into the actual words. God's penmanship is not on the authors of the Bible, but on the actual scriptures that came out. All scriptures are inspired by, and David Guzik says, all scriptures, scripture writers are inspired by God. They would have to be. And even though that is true, yet it doesn't go far enough to explain how this happened. Because it isn't that God breathed into the human authors, but that he breathed the words that they wrote. 2 Peter 1.20 gives us some insight into this. Knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpre interpretation. Verse 21 goes on to say, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So how do I comprehend this? How do I figure this out? And what I'm about to say is you're going to say I'm going to take the easy way out. Because the only way for us to comprehend this is to understand that it's the Holy Spirit that convinces us of this. Because there's just no other way to understand this. 
How someone can write something, but it's the words of God that they're writing. Not something that they conceived of. John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you things that are to come. John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you. The Holy Spirit will teach us all things. And bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Now in John 14, 17, it says, for the spirit of truth that the world cannot accept him. So there's a distinction here. The spirit of John 14, 17, the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. So the question I hear all the time is how can someone be honestly so evil? How can we turn on the news and watch people do things that are so evil and that they don't understand the harm that they're causing, the things that they're doing are wrong. The reason that happens is go back to your own point of salvation. Because at your point of salvation is when the, the Holy Spirit, the way I describe it, opens a curtain that you haven't seen the other side of. See it. So many people, their exclamation is, oh, what have I done? I didn't know. Why? Because the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him. It's only when you become part of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 2 9. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. So, in contrast to the world, the disciples of Jesus knew the Holy Spirit. In contrast to the world, the disciples of Jesus have the Holy Spirit with them. And in contrast to the world, the disciples of Jesus have the Holy Spirit in them. Disciple. That's what we are today. We are Christians that are out to spread the word of Jesus. We're out to spread the good news. So in contrast to the world, we should know the Holy Spirit. In contrast to the world, we should have the Holy Spirit in us. In contrast to the world, we should have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And so as the Holy Spirit teaches us truth, that brings us back to the Bible. Because that's where the truth is. So we must rely on the Bible for our guidance. In the Bible, there's at least 3,800 references. 3,800 references in the Bible to, that refer to, thus says the Lord, or the Lord says, or something in those lines where it says, God is speaking. You need to listen. 
And so as we search the Bible, we find that when what God says in one place, thus says the Lord, the Bible says in another place. And what the Bible says in one place, we can find that God spoke it over here. Just some real simple examples of that. In Genesis 6-7, Noah, the man who built the ark when the world was flooded. In Genesis 6-7, we haven't met Noah yet. We don't know about him. But in Genesis 6-7, so the Lord said. This is God speaking. I will blot out man who I have created from the face of the land. We then meet Noah. And in Genesis 7, 21, the Bible says, and all flesh died that moved on the earth, the, moved on the earth, birds, livestock, beasts, all swarming creatures that swarm on the land and all mankind, everything on the dry land in whose nostril was the breath of life died. Another example, in Exodus 4, Moses was not in Egypt. Wasn't there yet. He hadn't left yet. And this is what it says in Exodus 4.21. And the Lord said to Moses, when you, when you go back to Egypt, see that you do before Pharaoh all the miracles that I have put in your power. But I will harden his heart so he will not let the people go. Moses is not in Egypt. He hasn't left yet. And when you watch the movie, The Ten Commandments, we actually went and watched it on the big screen just recently. It was one of those classic nights that they had at the movie theater. You go there and, and Moses does all of these, these things and you go, oh, he must have been surprised. No, if you read the scripture in Exodus 4 before he left, him and God sort of rehearsed all of this. And God says... Oh, but don't be surprised that he's not going to listen to you. And he tells them because I am going to harden his heart. So in the movie, when Moses is a little surprised, it's not how it happened. He already knew that Pharaoh was not going to answer. Because in Exodus 7, verse 13, when the plague started, it says, Still Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he would not listen to them as the Lord has said. The Bible tells us his heart was hardened, but God had already told, said that his heart will be hardened. Another truth that we have to hang on to is the Bible is infallible. Big fancy word there. Which means it is incapable. It is not possible of error in defining doctrines, touching faith, or morals. And they're not out there finding mistakes in our Bible. And one of the unique things about the Bible is up, up until 1947, the oldest manuscript of the Old Testament, the actual original manuscript that they could find, was a, or written manuscript, was a thousand years old. Long after Jesus' time. And so there were concerns. We have, a, we have documents that we are depending on. To give us doctrine and truth. And they're a thousand years after Jesus died. Were these still the words that Jesus read and affirmed when he taught in the temple? Well, in 1947, a young boy was out playing in the, 
out in the Dead Sea area, and he threw a rock into a cave, and he heard a weird noise. And he went inside, and what they found were the Dead Sea Scrolls. And they date back to the time of Christ. So these were the documents that were circulating while Christ was here on this earth. And I'm not saying he taught from those manuscripts, but he was teaching from the manuscripts that, were, that we found from that era of manuscripts. And what they found is that the Bible, and in that they found every book of the Old Testament, a part of it, not all of it, but they found parts of every book of the Old Testament except for the book of Esther. And when they compared it to what we were looking at today, they found that they were accurate back to the time when Christ taught them. He is going to make sure that his word is correct. The Bible doesn't keep up with science is another truth. Because science is always catching up with the Bible. You see, science questioned the earth's shape until Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492. Because in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. He had three ships and left from Spain. He sailed through the sunshine, wind and rain. He sailed by night. He sailed by day. He used the stars to find his way. A compass helped him. A compass also helped him know how to find the way to go. Ninety sailors were on board. Some men worked while others snored. What was supposed to happen to Columbus? He was supposed to fall off the edge of the earth because it was flat. Well, Isaiah forty twenty-two. They just read the Bible. It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in. The earth is round, it's a circle. The Bible tells us this. Science also questions how the earth was suspended. And they came up with these theories and the one was that the gods had gone to war. So during... The war, the Titans and the Olympians fought. And of course, the Olympians won. And so they banished them to prison. But unlike his fellow Titans, Zeus was enslaved. And for some reason, the Olympians knew that Zeus hated holding the earth. I'm sorry, Atlas. Zeus is the one who banished, who banished him. That Atlas hated holding the earth on his back. So that was his punishment, that he would hold the earth on his back for eternity. Well, then the question came, well, what's he standing on? And then they had a question for that. And they go, well, where did that come from? And so that's just where the whole thing is. How did this happen? Well, they just gone to Job 26.7. And he says, he stretches out the north over the void... And he hangs the earth on nothing. How is the earth suspended? It's just suspended. It's hanging on nothing. The Bible teaches us science. And science has to keep up with it. The Bible endures is another truth. You see, the Bible is an ageless document that does not change. We just saw that. A thousand years and... It hasn't changed. 
Society changes, and he tries unsuccessfully to adapt the Bible to its new precepts. But it can't, because the Bible doesn't change. Matthew 5, verse 18 says, For truly I say to you, until the heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Isaiah 48, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God will stand forever. So the truth is that the Bible is our guidebook as we journey through life. It is relevant to, as relevant today as the day that God breathed through the authors. It still applies to our circumstances today. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Matthew 4.4, but he answered, this is God, being, Jesus being tempted, and his answer to Satan is, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of of God. To the Bible. It's just not a book that's written on pages by earthly authors. It's a living book. And this is the only way we can carry it around. This is the breath of God. This is the words of God. And so Article 2 in our statement of faith, says the Bible. And it says, we believe that God has spoken in the scriptures, both the Old and New Testament, through the words of human authors, as the verbally inspired word of God. The Bible is without error in the original writings, the complete revelation of his will for salvation, and the ultimate authority by which every realm of human knowledge and endeavor should be judged. Therefore, it is to be believed in all that it teaches, obeyed in all that it requires, and trusted in all that it promises. The Bible. I was doing this, I remembered the kid's song. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. That should not be a kid's song. It should be a truth that we all stand upon. I'm going to read something here and just sort of give you the truths behind each of these statements. But I want you to grab onto your Bible. This is my Bible. Because John 17, 10 says, All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. It contains the words that God breathed out just for me. Because 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God breathed. <clears throat> it tells me what I have inside of me. Because Romans 8.11 says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And it starts with if the spirit. So that's not a question. That is a statement that's saying, if you know Jesus Christ, he dwells in you. If you don't, then he doesn't. So if you know Jesus Christ, the spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside of you. It guides me in all that I do because Psalms 119 
One, verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This is my Bible. And it has given me new life because 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone in, is in Christ, he is a new creation. And when I have lost my way, as we see in Psalms 20, 20, 22.1, God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? From the words of my groaning. Oh God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. When I've lost my way, it shows me back to my guided path. Because Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. And when the enemy comes against me, because 1 Peter 5, 8 tells me, be alert and so and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Well, when that happens, it protects me from all harm. Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Then stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth. Billy Graham says, Jesus, the Son of God, said he is the truth. And the Bible is God's truth for humanity. And when it talks about the belt, it means the Bible. And it's the first piece of armor that is mentioned in, the, in that list of spiritual armor. And see, in ancient time, the belt was essential for survival. It only held, its wep- held the weapons. It cinched the tunic at the waist to allow the soldier to move about freely. And Jesus, the Son of God, said he is the truth, and the Bible is God's truth for humanity. So put on the belt of truth. You start with the Bible because, in a sense, it's what holds everything together. This is my Bible. It contains the words that God breathed out just for me. I want you to grab your Bible. I don't normally do this. But I want you to read this along with me. Go back to, back to the previous slide. And it says, this is my Bible. It contains the words that God breathed out just for me. It tells me what I have inside of me. It guides me in all I do. This is my Bible. It has given me new life. When I have lost my way, it shows me back to my guided path. When the enemy comes against me, it protects me from all harm. This is my Bible. It contains the word that God breathed out just for me. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your your Bible. The Bible that you created for me. And when I say that, I'm saying me for everybody because every Bible that everyone is holding was created for them. I thank you that these are the words that you spoke, not the words that someone made up because they thought it sounded really good. I thank you that these words have been proven true over and over and over. 
And I'm going to take a second. Someone's holding their Bible right now, or maybe you're not holding your Bible. But you realize you don't understand the truth of the Bible. Because you've never accepted Christ. I just want to take a moment and just give you that opportunity. If that's you, I want you to repeat, I would love for you to repeat these words after me. Father, forgive me. Right now, I want to turn my life over to you. Give me of my sins. Reveal to me the truth through your word. Give me a hunger and a desire to draw closer your name. Amen. Why don't you stand? And Father, as we head out this week into our workplaces, into our homes, into this world that you have called us into, give us the boldness to just know that your word is our guidebook. That your word is alive today just as it was when it was written. Help us to use it every day in our walk with you. In your name, amen.